Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Alexandra P., and she'll share <laughs> the rest of that. She's, she hails from Greece, and she's an internationally recognized poet and author. I've wanted to have her on my show for such a long time, and I'm glad that she's with me. She's going to share some poems, but unfortunately, we don't have the visuals to go along with it. So imagine what's your privilege of imagination kept today. Alexandra, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. Very nice. And you're in Greece. Wow. Yep. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> what city in Greece? Sorry. Uh, well, I live where I'm by the sea. I, I'm not a city person. <laughs> okay. By the yeah, sea. So close to the Temple of Poseidon. Kind of there, yeah, along the coastal road. All right. Uh, I might have right. been. I might have been around two thousand years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And the sea is the Mediterranean Sea. It's the yeah. It's the Saronikos, which um, is adjacent to the Aegean. It's part of the Aegean Sea. The Aegean Sea. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Which wow. is part of the Mediterranean, yeah. Okay. Well, I love meeting people from different places around the world. And again, I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin this poetic journey. All right? Yeah. What is poetry? Uh, well, for me, poetry is energy. Mostly it's energy. Um, it's the initial spark of inspiration then then propels my whole being into higher dimensions um, of energy but at the same time it requires quite a lot of well for me it requires quite a lot of research um, into past knowledge just generally a research into knowledge um, it could be about um, priestesses in ancient Greek or gods or just a lot of uh, esoteric um, research together with linguistic research because I think in Greek as well as in English before yes. yeah, I write the poem. So it's an energy um, which is combined to the well-researched subjects that I'm as well as the linguistic research, it all go, comes together. And then in the end, I add the designs. Um, so it's not just something that I write on my, on my knee for, you know, in, in mm-hmm. one afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's my, my poems are long um, and uh, with alliteration, and they have a lot of, um, let's say, 
mystical or cryptic meanings that refer to um, past myths and esotericism. Um, yeah, and generally spiritual, let's say, aspirations. Um, so it all, it's, it's energy. It all starts with an energy that propels my inner being um, into further realms of knowledge. And it's a, it's a combination of how I'm going to bring, combine that initial primary energy with um, the research, with the, the words that I, the linguistic research on the words and mm. with the designs. It's, wow. it's all that. One of my poems is all that. Well, and it's a lot of work. Oh, it sounds, like, it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds like it's a lot of work. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> where, yeah. I get to ask this question. Where does this energy come from? Is it like a ball of energy just somewhere and you find it? Or, I mean, how does it, how does it materialize? Well, it could be from something that happened um, at that point in my life. An, an okay. inner, let's say, spark of um, of un, of happiness or unhappiness, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right. and then there's a lot, and then so an emotion, let's say, um, it could also be from something I read from another poet, usually Greek, because I usually mm-hmm. uh, only read Greek poets, including my father. Oh wow! Um, nice. Yeah, and so. It could be anything from that I read in a book. Uh, I read a lot of books, and uh, I'm kind of scholarly in that way. And it sounds so it like. Could be, <laughs> yeah, it, it could be any any of those. So it could be uh, an occurrence um, in my own life, or it could be something from that I read, and generally it just then there's a surge of of energy that kind of goes through me but then i also didn't add that while i'm creating the poem and the designs i'm listening to quite a lot of uh loud greek music and swirling around the room mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like a, a process that involves a lot of uh different um let's say aspects uh, so it's inspiration and dancing and music and linguistic and um, esoteric uh, research. It's all that in one poem. <laughs> yeah. It sounds also like it might be quite draining. Oh, Correct no, it's I'm not draining. No, it's not draining at all? Okay. On, uh, on, the, on the contrary, it's uh, enlightening. Um, mm-hmm. And it's um, I actually gain a lot of knowledge um, from from all from everything that I'm reading and processing, and then I process everything through through my myself. There's no plagiarism. I just process okay. everything myself. <laughs> it, it is. It could be physically draining, and mm-hmm. and sometimes. Um, yeah, if I've been at it for many hours, my it could kind of my brain is like, okay, I've had enough. But yes. um, but on another level, it's really rewarding. I find it very very rewarding because it leads me down yeah you know, all through all sorts of um, 
new new knowledge that I, I never had, whether it's a personal spiritual epiphany or or just a word, a, a linguistic word that, you know, I just had never thought of or heard of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in Greek or in English because I'm mm-hmm. totally bilingual. So, yeah, I'm kind of juggling two languages while I write. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I you know. visualize, you know, those whirling dervishes in Istanbul. That's me when I'm writing. Oh, really? <laughs> There's a bit of clapping and opa, zorba, opas, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I get really excited. <laughs> that, that's why I, I've been thrown out of workshops. <laughs> showing them the designs and I was very excited and they kind of politely said I don't think it's the kind of thing that you know we want in our workshop (laughs) (laughs) how did you feel when they said that oh I was kind of relieved because I I just went there because I was you know asked to go but I I don't work well in groups, I, I cannot okay. create in groups with other people. I I have yeah, I can only create when I'm alone, and throw everything out, everyone out of the house. <laughs> and so, <laughs> okay. oh. well, why do you believe oh, that poetry is important? Why is it important that we do what we do as poets? Well, apart from the fact that poets have this inner calling and they just they just keep trudging on or flying on, whatever, but apart from the fact that this is what they just love to do, um, poetry is like, uh, let's say, the tip of all writings. It's, it takes the essence and then it... Um, it, it's like uh, the blossoming of, of all writings um, because it it kind of propels the human soul towards um, towards higher evolution. Um, and what I have um, done with my poems, just like some people like Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan have mm-hmm. combined them to music. I in I have innately it wasn't a, a conscious decision always um, combined them to visuals. So in the beginning it was always uh, olive uh, olive oil pastings. Sorry, it was olive paints, oil paints. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Oil paints, right. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I would use oil paintings, small ones, um, and there would be many of them to visualize the stanzas. 
and then they would be part become part of the book um but later on i switched to graphic designing i did a quick course here in greece mm-hmm. and um i found it was much easier to uh to illustrate the poem through the adobe um programs thank you adobe <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was much easier, much faster, and far less messy, because mm-hmm. yeah, my the attic of my house was just covered in paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, so I was initially a painter, and then I became a graphic designer, and uh, yeah, I, I really love where the things that I can do with Adobe, but mm-hmm. um, it's always me guiding the the boat it's not ai where i feed a few words and and then the ai produces um you know images it's okay. uh, i have my, i have developed my own style over the years um since 2000 so i started graphic designing in the year 2000 and i have been developing my own style since then um really seen elsewhere and uh that that's how yeah i combine um my i combine my poems to the visuals because i had the original idea of like a magazine i thought okay academic people people who love poetry will read books and poems but i i wanted to get these poems across to a wider audience Mm-hmm. and i know that people are very busy and they're running around trying to survive and so i originally had the idea of a magazine where we flip through the the photos and the images and then there's some captions at the bottom so i thought why yeah i mean it it was always in that form my poetry but mm-hmm. then it had the conscious thought of someone who is going through a magazine in the same way they will enjoy looking through images and the stanzas just like they look at coffee table books for example so so the image is there of course to um co- to sort of fully uh complement the poem but it also helps i think to carry the poem across to maybe a wider audience beyond poetry. All right. All right. Um, well, yeah. I want to share with the audience, the listening audience that if you've not had an opportunity to see some of the visual work that Alexandra P has produced, please visit the description again. There's a carousel and there's seven or eight pieces of her work. So again, quite unique, quite unique. Thank you, Alexandra. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Um well I I've always uh I've always been I think an innate poet. Uh my favorite lesson at school when I was very little was writing what I did on the weekend and then illustrating it above So as you can see I've I've always illustrated my poems since forever um and uh later on I 
I was when I was in high school. There was a teacher there who um, told me that I would be a poet because I had a sort of ascetic, um, ascetic personality and an ascetic way of behavior. Um, ascetic being, I, I was kind of meditative always and uh, and always writing um, very long essays for literature. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but, and I had a, yeah, a very sort of, uh, let's say, that, yeah, a homus poeticus personality. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and Tell so, me. yeah, and I just gradually um, started writing, and then, like I said, using oil paints to um, to illustrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power, the power of the the words, the written words, did not exactly dawn on me in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I use I use simple, quite a, quite a lot of simple language, um, because I I believe it can be more profound in the in carrying the message across. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in too complicated adorning languages because. Then you leave the reader fumbling a little through the dictionary and then wondering what you're trying to say. And mm-hmm. because poetry for me is initially energy, it's it's like a fire that that just wants to be expressed. Um, I I do try and bring it out in uh, in in as powerful a mode as I can. Which um, which means that I'm going to try and make it understandable by as many people as possible. Um, but this is not to say that when I'm choosing my words that I won't choose some more sophisticated words, which have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Greek roots, actually. <laughs> All right. Like All right. Epiphany, Empyros, uh, Empyrean. Mm-hmm. So Empyrean, which means celestial. Actually, is M, which means within in ancient Greek, and Pyros means fire, so the fire within, Empyros. And from there we get Imperial, Empyrean. Um, so, yes, I, I will have words like that, but I do not like to meddle too much with um, certain forms of. Uh, yeah, poetry which will make the meaning too confusing for the reader. Right. I want it to be quite clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because what because for me the, the meaning is not. It, it's not like I said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not in the words. It's in the energy. The message mm-hmm. is in the energy. Yeah, that's such a powerful statement. The message is in the energy, yeah. and you're hoping that the person who who witnesses the visuals, use the, the visuals that they somehow, I don't know, attach themselves to the energy? You see what I'm saying? How, do, how, does, you know, yeah, how, how visuals, does that part go? Yes. The, the visuals are like a, a very integral part of their heart. They are half the poem. Okay. Because just as I follow um, an alliteration, there's a pattern mm-hmm. going through the actual poem. I have the same pattern in the visuals, and the visuals are part are actually the poem too. 
the mm-hmm. so they they are totally um inseparable that's oh, wow. why I'm always a bit disappointed when I, I don't actually go to poetry meetings where I cannot share the screen. Right. I understand. Um, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. And for those yeah. who are listening, also visit alexandrabooks.info for more of her work. What was it like growing up in a literary family? Uh, it was really quite an experience um (laughs) and uh when i was right in there uh when i was younger i didn't i didn't really appreciate or kind kind of feel grateful enough for the uh, enormity of Mm -hmm. the gift that was being bestowed upon me because i was just uh i was quite little but Mm -hmm. of course um unconsciously and unawares um being my father was a poet my mother was a dancer so i i was um it it was in my blood it was just flowing through me Mm -hmm. and um yeah and we had uh sort of greek uh, writers and poets um and artists from the whole the entire sort of uh greek society that were at our house, but also from other cultures as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Elias Kazan, who was visiting us. Uh, wow. There were, uh, yeah, and he was kind of bouncing me on his knee. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he asked if he could take me to Hollywood, and my father was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> but those who don't know, Ilya Kazan is a director, a very famous director. Yeah, Greek American Academy Awards. Yes, yes, very nice, yeah. very nice. So, you know, there's so many questions that I could ask you. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to do now is to give you an opportunity to share one of your works. Okay, uh, I will share Flying Eleven because it's Women's Day today. Um, right. And Flying Eleven is uh, based or inspired by the Civilis. Civilis are the Sibyls who were uh, at the Delphic Oracle and they were channeling the Apollonian um, light. And then there were, that was the, those were the oracles that the ancient Greeks adhered to because they were direct messages from the Greek gods, let's say. Um, So... I think that because it's Women's Day, that there there's a lot of uh, women who have those spiritual, let's say, abilities. Flying Eleven. And all I have is Earth, Sun, warming my horizons. Sweet psyche, tender wings fluttering anxiously. For it is the flight that matters. Dragging my aging dreams, persevering in all kinds of weather, reaching heights of Icarus, heights of the Supreme, each creation immortalizing mortality, keeping it alive, creations blowing everywhere through my eyelashes, through the skies, flames and eyelashes becoming one. 
scorching our weaknesses, guiding lost souls. When all I have is a dandelion pappus to blow, seeds floating through the vortex to the cerulean ethers, for it is the flight that matters, chasing my windy wishes, releasing the nails of mental prisons, drifting breaths of nature, breaths of freedom, each ideal golden energy sent into pure light, ideals blowing everywhere through my heart, through the skies, deaf ear and heart becoming one, subduing the ego to service the higher good. When all I have is efflorescence blooming in my garden, a farmer of senses cultivating the fruit of the gods, for it is the flight that matters, picking my deciduous emotions, Turquoise showers reviving withered hopes, planting priestesses of protection, priestesses of safekeeping, each inspiration soothing upheaval, melodious salvation, inspirations blowing everywhere through my mind, through the skies, incantations and minds becoming one blessed with the power of flowing divine energy. When all I have is paper and pencil for some simple words, creating poetry between invisible gods and visible mortals, for it is the flight that matters, rekindling my courageous verse, grateful in defeat and victory, dressing Ideas in armour, ideas in silk. Each vision a sacred icon in my pilgrimage. Visions blowing everywhere through my spirit, through the skies. Matter and spirit becoming one. Empowering our lives with universal fire. And all we have is the ray of a new dawn in a dewdrop. Light triumphing, heralding a new beginning. For it is only the flight that matters. Thank you. Wow, that was beautiful. I Again, see. it would be lovely if you could see the visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw it in my mind. I saw it in my mind. What are some of the predominant themes that you write about? Um, well, as you've noticed lately, I'm mostly reading the Flying series because it yes. all started in in 2001. Um, I had this very strange epiphany. Like I, I, I can actually see visions, so it was a very intense channeling that lasted for the entire 2001 entire year and uh it was i felt like my i was with one foot in this world and one foot somewhere else mm. um and that's how the flying series originally started and then evolved from there so it, it just felt like um it, it was uh i could see 
uh, the entire universe in just small, tiny flowers. And there was this incredible feeling of flying just flowing through me. And that's why I always uh, advocate for the fact that anyone can have enlightenment. No one has to follow any kind of religion or teachings. Um, anyone can have moments of enlightenment themselves, each and every person. So how would you classify your ability to write poetry? Is it a creative gift or a creative art? Well, it's both because it's, it's a gift because obviously I must have received the, the gift from also from my father who was a writer Mm-hmm. Um, and the gift of of um, illustrating, um, painting and designing. But it's also an art because um, it, it requires quite a lot of work, at least on my part it does. Mm-hmm. I do, um, it's not just inspiration. Like I said before, it requires a lot of work for me from just the initial inspiration to actually um, to to form to mold the words into a poem which has a beautiful resonance, an uplifting an uplifting message, and also um, plenty of um, esoteric research. Mm-hmm. So it, that requires a lot of work and. Uh, in, so the molding of the poem, it really is all three things. It's the inspiration, the um, research in whatever subject I I want to write about. Sometimes it takes me along paths that I, I could never have imagined, and I just gain all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, it's also the linguistic research of which word I will choose. Um, so it's everything together, the, the spiritual energy or fire, the, the fire energy, the linguistic and the, the esoteric research with whatever is available because there is no such thing as settled, um, let's say, esotericism or there's no such thing as settled science. Nothing is settled. Yes. You know? Everything is just flowing, and, and it's just what flows through us. So, yeah. And then so added we, to that is the design. So you can right. imagine it, it takes like three months for one poem. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So for you, a statement like the, what I plan to share is important. Montez Kalu said, poetry is like a canvas. You can paint any picture with it. What do you think about that statement? Well, yes, it's, uh, of course, you you are painting with words, and, and I'm also painting with designs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes words uh, can be li- a limited medium through which the, the energy can be um, conveyed, and that's why we also choose the colors and the shapes that will also enhance that 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 energy, and that's mm-hmm. why some poets choose music. Yes, 
Yes. So very rightly so, Bob Dylan is is a mm-hmm. musical poet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yeah. Who who are some of the writers, thinkers, human beings who inspire or inspire you in your writing? Um, Later on, later on, uh, not when I was younger. I think when we're young, we don't appreciate our parents enough. (laughs) But they're there, you know, they have been nurturing us spiritually. It's just that we're not aware of it. And we become fully aware of it, I think, later on. So I think I became fully aware of the vastness of um, my father's spiritual work. When, yeah, when I, when he was gone and I, I was rereading the books with a sort of wiser, a wiser eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have been inspired by my father a lot. Um, although we don't have the same poetic style at all. In fact, I haven't met anyone with my poetic style or my designing style. Or my painting style, they they have totally just been uh, just created by me, <laughs> and uh, they're just like everybody has their own unique style. You have your your own very powerful unique style. So though it wasn't, I wasn't influenced in that way, but just I was influenced and inspired by by his spirit and by and by his words. Um, and also by a lot of the other Greek writers, such as Odysseus Elitis, which uh, I don't know how many of them. Uh, he has received Nobel Prizes for his poetry, but I don't know how many of them are known amongst mm-hmm. the American and English poets. Um, Kazadzakis was a huge, huge influence on me. Nikos Kazantzakis has been translated into so many languages. I'm sure you know Zorba the Greek. Yes. Yeah. So I was that was. Of it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Zorba the Greek. <laughs> yeah. There's so energy between was, uh... you and I. I was going to ask you about Zorba the Greek. <laughs> yeah, he was the, the author Greek. of uh, Zorba. <laughs> All right. And he was also the author of um, Christ Recrucified which was turned into a movie by Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cousin was actually uh, banned from the Christian church. So he was a Cretan. Right? I was greatly, greatly influenced by him from uh, 17 years old, I remember. I would mm-hmm. devour all his um, ascetic uh, philosophies and theories, everything. Um, any... Yeah. any, any um... British, British American. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm just listening. I'm amazed. Any existential writers? Existential. Well, I don't really I don't really define writers in categories. Um, okay. For me, the, the, for me, it's how their energy has um, touched me. It's how yeah. It's all from everything is energy for me because I also have these uh, visions, like I said before. Mm -hmm. I saw my sister when she was uh, about, she was very sick, and I saw her looking like an angel in her asterisk body. So looking incredibly beautiful. Souls look very beautiful when 
human souls when mm -hmm. they're not in their physical body and it was a message that she was leaving um i've seen the strangest of visions like just opening up in front of me like um an island on an island uh, i just saw a piece of furniture moving about and plates crashing and it said huge earthquake in greece and 10 days later we had the earthquake in kithira Yes. So I have strange yes. <laughs> visions like like that, or I'm up on the mountain and and I hear a voice <laughs> saying, uh, "You will not always be with this man, but later on this man will come and he will be the one until the end." Mm. Um, not meaning that it's all going to be, uh, ro yeah, sort of uh, rosy, <laughs> and. And yeah, of course, your soulmate <laughs> journey is never rosy, you know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> your your that's soulmate takes you through the hardest journey. <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> anyone devised that soulmates are going to be this, you know, wow. <laughs> it's fantastic, <laughs> joyful ride. <laughs> but with a dream like that, a vision like that, that would... Your soulmate was staying on edge all the time. So well, you would I, never know when they would be leaving. Well, well, there's the there's the illusion of the whole thing that I saw him in his perfect state, where he was just flowing with love and kindness. Because I saw his soul, but when he mm -hmm. came in his physical body and personality it was any, it was it was more complicated than that <laughs> well i appreciate you sharing <laughs> so do you so, yeah so that yeah it's the energy it's how i'm touched by the energy of each poet I really don't care whether an artist or a poet and writer are well-known or not. It's how their energy touches me. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's, there's also a lot of uh, Greek, ancient Greek um, poets like Isiodos who wrote about how the entire Greek um, civilization and the, the entire Greek deity system was born um he's one of the most ancient poets apart from homer mm -hmm. and i have read the whole of that isiodos theogonia the birth of the gods um so as you see i have a lot of uh i have a lot of greek um influences in my in my work not not that i haven't uh studied the metaphysical poets and Keats and Coleridge and and Wordsworth and everyone at university. But I have to say that the biggest part of my influence is from uh, my Greek ancestors. Are you Hera, H-E-R-A, or Athena? Uh, not. I, I don't think I'm Hera. I'm yeah. <laughs> Or or Athena. Okay. <laughs> no, because I would not like to be the. I cannot be a personification of um, of a deity. Yes. However, um, I might have been close or one of 
the ancient priestesses that we had in Greece. Um, Women were revered in ancient Greece a lot. And it was only until Christianity came along and the Roman Empire that they actually turned women into slaves and piercing one's ears was a sign of slavery. In ancient Greece, women women never pierced their ears. Mm -hmm. And they always sat wherever they wanted amongst the men. Um, um, Yeah, so there was... uh, uh, there, there were a lot of these um, priestesses in ancient Greece, which mm-hmm. were channeling um, the divine oracles and generally messages from, from whatever the Greeks then would consider the divine. But everything is one source anyway, whatever we call it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I have seen a vision where I'm uh, in the Temple of Poseidon when it was new. And there were orange curtains billowing above the sea. And I seemed to have been dressed in priestess's robes at the time. And I was with another friend pre- who I was in this life as well, but we were back there together. Wow. <laughs> Please share and this a friend, and, and this friend totally, like, um, totally sort of irrelevant. <laughs> um, suddenly was writing hieroglyphics. She doesn't know how she was writing hieroglyphics. <laughs> and an Egyptian <laughs> saw that and he was like, how can you do that? How can you write hieroglyphics? She said, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe we were just having flashes of past lives. Yeah. Does your gift scare you? Uh, no, not at all. It's like really fascinating. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's uh, but you, but there is one thing I have to say. I was um, very, very introvert ever since I was very little. Mm-hmm. I was extremely introvert to the point of being considered quite weird and crazy, uh, um, and wouldn't talk a lot, or I really would not talk at all until much later on. And so when I first began my poetry and through the whole journey of my poetry styles and evolution and way up until 2022, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really shared my poetry a lot. It was only in the beginning of 2022, thanks to Rick Spisak, who yes. is uh, one of my greatest friends. Um, uh, it was thanks to his nudging. <laughs> he was nudging me a lot. He, mm-hmm. he knew me from years before. And uh, we have shared a lot of uh, our spiritual experiences together. Yes. And he kind of nudged, nudged me onto these Zoom platforms. <laughs> um, I was very nervous in the beginning. And then I kind of... Yeah, got more used to sharing my poems with everyone. So, yeah, I, I was well, very, very, um, it, I was very closed inside my magical world. Let's say, yeah, well, maybe it was to protect me and or yes, something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you made a statement earlier about a unique style. 
and I, I I really took that to heart. But sometimes for me, I've with this unique style that I have, because I've never seen anyone else with this with a similar style. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like I'm on an island by myself. Do you ever feel that way? No, no. I I, I think that. Um... We just stand in our uniqueness, but together mm-hmm. with the others, because it's the other poets who appreciate our uniqueness, and while their uniqueness is also something that um, stands out, and if it weren't for the other poets, and generally even also the artists who are beyond the poetry meetings, Mm-hmm. If it weren't for them, we we would not have anyone to to share our our work with. Mm-hmm. So, I I ha- yeah I mean like you said I I was was very reticent and and closed inside my world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I was just kind of evolving inside my egg, <laughs> and and I kind of hatched in 2022. All right, all right. I like that. Yeah. You know, I asked yeah. you to share another poem, but let's take a brief break first. And when we come okay. back, yeah. Alexandra P. All right. back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Alexandra P. And I'm going to ask her to pronounce her last name <laughs> before this show is over. Alexandra, <laughs> please, please share a poem. <laughs> okay, you can just call me Alexandra. All right, all right. <laughs> actually, P.S. is one letter in Greek. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It looks like a tripod and it's pronounced sir, P. Okay. So, yeah, so it's Psaropoulou. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you can just say Alexandra. Oh, Alexandra, so, all right. Yeah. All right. Please share another poem. Your this fascinating is work. Hmm? Okay, Flying 13. My trembling personality, my galloping personality. Let my flaws in, let my virtues in. Battling, balancing between earthly and ideal behavior. Riding with warrior duties, flying with festive ceremonies. Ancestors and descendants, transforming protogenic instinct and barbarity into cultured, refined nobleness. All personalities becoming one. 
following the smoke of Ithaca, wayfaring my own boat. Ruins behind, dreams ahead, expectations blending with sirens of songs. Punishments and rewards, repenting and enriching our voyage. Crusading, descending and descending, scarring and rejuvenating. My trembling mind, my galloping mind, let my fears in, let my visions in. Battling, balancing between earthly and ideal reality. Riding past fallen Troy, flying towards sacred temples. Poetry and prophecies, transforming missions and experiences into immortal knowledge and treasures. All minds becoming one. Unadorned words enchanting the fiery dragon of the golden fleece. Angels and dark all ablaze, burning down all moulds. Prometheus gifting profound new templates and ideologies. Lighting up matter and spirit, earth and sky. My trembling heart, my galloping heart. Let my sorrows in, let my raptures in. Battling, balancing between earthly and ideal love. Riding through tempestuous waves, flying through moonlit water lilies. Silver cocoons transforming hurts and trauma into soft silken chrysalids. Four hearts becoming one, hovering above earth's wounds, embracing the altar of healing. Mystical muses weaving threads of sweetness, of solace. Resilient yarns guiding us through labyrinths of personal growth. Initiating, elevating each journey of each relationship. My trembling soul, my galloping soul, let my sins in, let my blessings in. Battling, balancing between earthly and ideal liberation. Riding into dichotomized horizons. Flying into cosmic rays. Eternal divine laws transforming dark ancient forces into golden propulsion and pulsation. All souls becoming one. Lighting my own path. A path unique to me. Purgatory sun, holding turmoiled memories, inflexible desires, escaped hopes, rising and setting in the azure of the sea, in the azure of the spirit, surging into eternity with full sails, all my efforts maturing. Our trembling civilizations, our galloping civilizations, let our tribulations in, let our exaltations in, battling, balancing between earthly and ideal humanity. Thank you.
is a poem letting your guard down? Is writing a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? What do you think? I think it's neither. I think it's something that will liberate you from walls. And uh, it just um, helps you to sort of be liberated from from a lot of prisons and walls because not only are you expressing any pain or happiness which is within mm-hmm. but um and sharing it with the the rest of the world but it's also forming new worlds and mm-hmm. uh yeah this is uh how this is why i said that i'm gaining in knowledge and it's not draining for me because yes. I have gained so much knowledge from from the initial inspiration and spark um, of my own emotions into mm-hmm. incredible channels of knowledge through researching for each poem. Can um, a person be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Uh Yes, of course. It's uh, I, I. I mean, it, it just defines. I mean, someone who writes is is called a poet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be um, blazes and chaos. It can be soft sprinkles of dew on petals. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have always to be strong emotions. I'm Greek, so I have pretty strong emotions. <laughs> You know, the word chaos is a very strong word, and it brings up my favorite question to ask. Yeah. We live in a tough world, Alexandra. Yeah. There's so much happening, the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. What do you Mm -hmm. view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Yes, well, as in every society, um, mm-hmm. the role of the poet is always to extract from the pain and the happiness, from the trials and tribulations, to extract just the essence of the human soul and the collective human soul, I believe, and then hurtle it forward into future visions. I, that's what I think is the role of the poet in every society um, and so when uh, in the very beginning the the world is said to have started from of course from the one source but there were three main um, let's say divinations and one was chaos mm-hmm. and the other one was Eros, uh, and the other one was Gare. So chaos is part of the creation process of the entire um, system of Earth and humanity. And uh, this whole duality system of good and bad has existed, I think, throughout time. And many religions have also expressed that, such as Zoroastrians, 
which were the ancient, you know, Persian religions, Zoroastrian. Um, and of course, uh, a lot of the, the Greek philosophers as well and religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have chaos as one of the divinities that is part of the creation process. I am learning so much. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are like a well full of knowledge. <laughs> you really are. And I notice too when you read your work, it's almost like something something else takes over in terms of your voice. Well, the thing is, I'm very shy. So when I okay. when I first started reading. I can't do what you do because you were like, oh, wow, my God. <laughs> I'm like, my God. <laughs> I told you I feel like my I'm on my <laughs> You were like, uh, <laughs> all the Moses put together. You know? <laughs> well, my, my question was going to be, what do you think is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Yes. Oh, it's really totally different. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. Well, that's the crazy thing. I'm creating, I'm writing, designing, and creating in a frenzy <laughs> of, <laughs> in, a, in a total <laughs> frenzy <laughs> of, uh, of bliss and... Uh, you know, clapping and whatever else. Whatever else. <laughs> and then when I appear at the poetry meeting, uh, you know, I, I, I have this really calm, <laughs> monotonous uh, voice. <laughs> so no one knows what it took for you to get there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I so no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one knows what you know, these frenzied ecstasies <laughs> It just comes out like this quiet meditation. Yes. You know? yes. And this is this, <laughs> this is partly because I'm very shy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, <laughs> I've I bombarded Raoul with a lot of Greek uh, songs that I've been listening to. <laughs> All right. You know. So I, get, yeah, I get very excited, and then I'm in this Greek feast of music, and I'm sending him lots of songs you know, to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some poets yeah. claim... <laughs> Some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's not much you can do to correct or improve it. While others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? Yeah, I, that would be Bukowski and me, the two extremes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I actually respect the way anybody wants to, uh, you know, have their poems. It's whatever works for their souls, you see. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, when, for me, it's it doesn't work like that because my poems are also very long. And so there's a great 
sort of meticulous process of alliteration and picking out the right words, which will then sort of echo the, 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 the pattern and the meanings that repeat themselves and bring out this um, kind of, let's say, uh, it, it kind of starts and then it follows a, a point where it reaches a crescendo, like a climax, mm-hmm. um, a bit like a, a musical score. And so this, for me, takes a lot of work, a lot of meticulous um, work. In yeah, it, 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 there is the initial inspiration and fire, but I have to work and work on it until it's really solid, and I'm sure that I don't want to change anything. And and there's a point where I click, there's a, a clicking point, and I'm like, okay, that's it now. But that takes, uh, you know, months of just doing it and remolding it and remolding it. And even the slightest tweaking of a word in the end. Um, And then dancing around the room while listening to music. And (laughs) at the same time, I'm reading the poem while dancing around the room like a a dervish. Like a dervish. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's very uh, peculiar, which sort of process. (laughs) And then then it's the same process with the designs which follow the poem. And I'm also then tweaking the designs and then making sure, oh, not that color there, change the shape there. So there's a lot of editing, a lot of work there for me. Wow. Yeah. You know, we've almost reached the end of our poetic journey. Please share one more piece. Okay. Um, I will share the last in the series until now, Mm -hmm. um, which is line 15, but I'm already creating Flying 16, so it's an ongoing series. So, Flying 15. Keep up with that turquoise lover, so full of love and kindness. Before doubt compromises every fleshed-out interaction, keeping viable, honey-sweetened utopias. Sinking in the black swamp of remorse. Leeches of greed sucking on lust and shame. Enduring through our biggest mistakes. Emerging into our new biggest improvements. Into new consummations of refined affection. Earth blooming with polychroming cultivating virtues. Olive branch rites, turquoising, all plentiful harvest. Keep up with that cleansing, so salving for each wound. Before pus infests every vital feeling and thought. Keeping soft every hardened organ. Our hearts tormented by dark red memories. Lapsing at the gates of our own perdition. Crawling through our narrow, bloodied trenches. Discovering new veins of replenishment. New streams of purification. 
untainted rivers gushing ahead boundlessly. Blue-crested sky showers cleansing all defilement. Keep up with that life so deeply longed for before it kneels at the precipice of its own abyss, keeping zoetic every favourable breeze, burning in the eternal chaos of our own unquenchable inferno. Aspirations melting, courage faltering, glowing through our own embers, bursting into new, cleaner flames of rejuvenation, singing new songs continuing beyond mortal existence. Clear transcendent winds blowing reinforcingly to the ends of the vast earth. Mastery of life surpassing all adversities. Keep up with that oracle so devotedly worshipped before it fades at the end of the nebulous sky, keeping alight the torch of insight. Our philosophies crucified by false innocence, hiding behind false gods, thrusting through ugly, thorny dogmas, Taming new wild wisdoms, new unchained channels of magnificent revelations, lightning-eyed eagles ceaselessly circling, oracles' rays resurrecting all spiritual forces. Hurry, keep up with those flights, so brave and so free, before they explode in the anguish of the universe, keeping high the grace of this sky-blue sphere. Thank you. You know, Alexandra, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, musicians, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? What emerges from you? Um, well, in a way, we, we really all work in the same way, whether we're expressing mm-hmm. ourselves through words, images of any kind, um, or music. And um, artists, um, like I said before, are, for me, the essence of the human soul and the collective human soul, propelling us towards visions of the future of how humankind should and will be in the future because humankind has evolved from very low species of humankind not apes but we 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 did have some sort of uh, i think um similar genes but nothing like like that uh misconceived uh, darwin theory Mm-hmm. So we, we have evolved from a very low human species and we are apparently still in the middle of our cycles or we are just constantly, just like the universe is expanding outwards, rippling outwards all the time, humankind is still evolving 
to higher and higher levels of uh, spiritual realization. And there is still a lot of evolving to be done. Um, so we, are, I think, are coming to an end of this cycle and entering the next, the fifth cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, as we evolve spiritually, new, new, let's say, epiphanies will appear. There are still, um, there is still so much hidden knowledge which is hidden from us because we are not evolved enough to handle it. Sometimes it's, if the power of an atomic bomb is too great, it shouldn't fall into the wrong hands. Yes. So in the same way, Kronos, who was given the light in the beginning in ancient Greek mythology, he couldn't handle it and he ended up creating uh, atrocities, even eating his own children. And so the light was taken from him and given to Zeus, who could handle the light of knowledge um, properly and wisely. So in the same way, as we evolve, we will gain asterisk vision and we will be able to see planets and um, more evolved beings which were hidden from the, the naked eye before because we will be at higher spiritual levels of uh, realization and we will of course have higher levels of behavior uh, Mm -hmm. in our physical astric cognitive and spiritual bodies because we are formed by four bodies so we are constantly evolving higher and higher and artists poets are the heralds heralders of these times for me very nice do you think you were meant to be a poet, Alexander? Um, yes, I, I do think I was meant to be a poet from from a very young age. I was always always very ascetic and meditative and reading books all the time. Um, I had the opportunities to do many other many other things, um, but uh, it, it was like my line was cut out for me. I think. It, it, it kind of just took me along. The the the, the what it, there was no it was everyone has their calling. So it, it kind of just evolved on its own. I didn't consciously decide it. It, it just happened. From, what surprises yeah. what what surprises you most about being a poet? Um, what surprises me most about being a poet? is well i wouldn't say that i'm being surprised i'm surprised at all <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah because my father was a poet everyone around me i don't think there was any element of surprise, any surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I kind of naturally evolved into, I was kind of born into that. But um, what surprises me are, are the, the level, the, the moments of inspiration and of epiphanies Mm -hmm. that I have, the moments of, um, of enlightenment or the fire burning within, Mm -hmm. which, um, which could be anything. It, it could just start from 
just watching the dawn or the sunset um, and the the path along which this fire propels me into the path of knowledge and of um, of higher spiritual realizations um, and uh, yes it's it's I would say it's the the spiritual realizations and epiphanies that I have had and will have along the way of uh, of my creating, um, and it, it, and in also in the same sense for not only for the spiritual awakenings but also for the the knowledge of of many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, the linguistic knowledge, the mythical knowledge of past civilizations, just generally, yeah, the um, the spiritual knowledge and all the 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 other knowledge that I gain along the way, as mm-hmm. well as the the emotion that the emotions um, that it awakens within me. Um, oh, I will never forget when this series started in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Where I, honestly, I just seemed to be living half in this world and half half somewhere else. All right, uh, all right. It, it, I understand. Yeah, are some great moments of uh, yeah spiritual awakening and enlightenment, which just feel incredible, and and that's why I believe that the poets are the tip of the of the human soul, the collective human soul that that are there to uplift and take the human soul higher and higher each time. Mm-hmm. Although not every poet works in that way, it's just the way that I work in. Wow. You know, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily yeah. to speak a message to their audience. Others write because staying silent is not an option. Yeah. My last question to you, why do you write? It is true what you said. There are poets who have been through very traumatic experiences mm-hmm. and they write because it, it heals them and it frees them from these prisons um, in their hearts and in their minds. There are people who write because this is their only way they can express their anger and frustration um, towards uh, racist and unequal societies. Yes. And there is still so much inequality towards women and mm-hmm. and general, yeah. So it's uh, just so many categories and groups of people. Um, and so the people write out of anger, uh, out of trauma, for, for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, when I write... I just feel that there is this fire within that is just propelling me forward towards um, uh, towards expressing the beauty of the world and towards um, just hurtling my my soul through the chaos and through to the other side, where the the whole the entire soul can just be purified again. It's been through the experiences of this world and then the idea just comes out pure at the end. Wow. And this is why yeah, this is why I write. Because wow. I, I want I want that 
final pure idea after it's been through the chaos of this world. <laughs> Incredible. How can people stay in touch with you? Oh, that there's a whole lot of... Um, I have my linked tree, my link tree where I just have everything there on my, mm-hmm. on my link tree. Um, and I've kind of just got everything combined. Um, there's my Facebook. I seem to, you see the social media is vast. And yes, it is. I, can't, I, I don't have the time to handle all the, the Twitters and LinkedIn's and, and everything. <laughs> So uh, I usually manage to, I usually mainly focus on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, most of my poet friends seem to be there. And uh, yeah, I, and sometimes I tiptoe into TikTok and, uh, and um, into Twitter. But I think that's about all I can manage because I'm also a teacher and it's just too much for me to... I also go into the groups on Facebook and listen to other... I, I read other poems. and um, So I would just say Facebook is the best place or Instagram right. yeah, right. to send me a message. And there's my website. Um, but Alexandra Books is on Instagram and, and Facebook as well. There's Alexandra Books and Alexandra Parapulu. And those are the two, honestly, those are the two social media that I use the most because I just don't have the time to, yeah, to go through all of them. What's next for you? Where do you go from here? Where do you go from here creatively? Oh, I, I am continuing even, yeah, even now as we speak, I, um, I am creating Flying Sixteen. And I today I had opened the book of um, of mystical teachings of Anne Blavatsky from the Theosophical School, um, and so it's the Flying series is still an ongoing series for me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, creatively uh, I think that I'm just hurtling through the Flying series, and I don't know where it will take me. All I'm right. just following. I'm just following my calling here. <laughs> Very nice. You know, yeah. something is telling me to tell you that there's a documentary about you yeah. and your work in your future. Oh, okay. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's a documentary coming. I can't say when, oh. but something told me to tell you that. Is that from I'm, you, Michael? But with with but with. Uh... Like visuals? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. Something, <laughs> something told me, I can't say what it is, to tell yeah. you that there's a documentary somewhere in your future. So we're doing this again, but with a visual, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm not going to make the documentary. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> a crew of people. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. I mean, <laughs> I I am not I I am not going to be seen swir- swirling around the room. <laughs> 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 
Uh, you guys are not going to see that. <laughs> I'm no. so sorry for that. <laughs> now, this voice didn't tell me whether you turn it down or not. <laughs> so, if, if you say no, it's on you. <laughs> no, I, I would I would say yes, but not not for the very private moments of, okay. of creation. I want to say thank you so much for joining me on a Sunday morning. I can't think of a better way to start my day than listening to you talk about your philosophy on life and your work. Absolutely incredible. I've learned so much. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I hope that we will hear you again. Well, no. I hope that we hear you again. <laughs> it's a mutual admiration society because I yeah. think you are phenomenal. I really, really do. And I don't say things that I don't mean. I'm too old for that now. So thank I you. We're we're all unique. We're all yes. We're all yes. We are. Yeah. And and I have to say that yes. I'm not I'm not exactly grateful to to COVID or anything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, not to this whole pandemic, which they, but I, I am grateful that through the chaos, the Greeks say, "Uden kako amiyes kalo." So mm-hmm. nothing, always something good comes out of something bad, and in this case, that suddenly uh, all the poetry meetings were up on Zoom from all over the world. Yes, true. Because they stopped going to their neighborhood pub or whatever cafe. And suddenly we could all join, and and then suddenly there there sprung this international community of poets joining their voices um, unanimously in unison. And I I'm just you know this was, has been the most amazing um, sort of benefit of the lockdowns for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, otherwise you know, we'd still be stuck just going to our neighboring pub to read to yeah, yeah. Well I was thinking yeah. I can't remember where I first witnessed your work, witnessed you sharing your work, whether it's in Cultivating yeah. Voices, the Facebook group, the Zoom group, Cultivating Voices, somewhere yeah. I heard I think it was cultivating voices because I, I just love Sandy's gatherings. Yes. Sandy yes, is very you. special to me. Yes, yes yeah. she's a, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. person inside and out. I know, yes, yeah. All she's right. very special. So I think well, it okay. must have been there. Yeah. It could have been there, probably so. Yeah. But again, I want to thank you for being yeah. with me today, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Same, same to you. Thank you. We're, we're all one global poetry community now. Yes, we are. I like that. Um, a global yeah. poetry community. Maybe yeah. I'll start a group but, called a global poetry community. Yes, yes. We're spiritual brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. You can call me your brother anytime. Okay. Anytime. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Have a lovely Sunday. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. We've made it through the end of another program, another fascinating program with Alexandra. Alexandra, please pronounce your last name. Uh, Plaropoulou. Okay. (laughs) You heard that. His name will be up in lights. There'll be a documentary made (laughs) that Alexandra will probably not participate in. 
But <laughs> no, I just won't be dancing around like a dervish. Right, she won't. right. She will not. <laughs> I'm telling the documentary producers now. She will not be a whirling dervish. <laughs> some, some moments have to remain private. <laughs> All right, everybody. As I okay. share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Take care, everyone. Take care, Alexandra. Thank you. Bye. 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 Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.